Now, here's a question for you this morning, right? You're good people, right? You're good people. You're not a murderer. You're not never robbed a bank. You're not a terrorist. That's what makes you a good person, right? That's what it means to be good, is I'm not uh, someone that's ever hit a, a dog with my car on purpose, right? That's what makes me a good person. Here's a list of the horrible things that I haven't done. Does that mean I'm good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I've sinned. I know I've broken God's law, but I've never stabbed anybody. Surely that means I'm good enough to get to heaven, right? Well, the Bible tells us that every single person that's ever lived has fallen short of God's standards. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short. We need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. But even after we're saved, after we've repented of our sins and began to follow Jesus with our lives, we still seem to use that same measuring stick. Here's a list of all the horrible things that I haven't done. Now this is, a, a, a re, a, you know, a, a, the way that we calculate whether or not we're good Christians. Here's the things that I haven't done. Here's my list of things that I've abstained from. Here's the, the Ten Commandments that I haven't broken. But is this what God wants with our lives? Is that where the bar is set? Is this how we make a impact for the gospel? And we all know we can't work our way to heaven, and that's great because we're not capable of it anyway. But, and, and even more than that, we want to honor and glorify a God that doesn't make us work for his love. It's unconditional. But where do we set this bar? How do we know whether we're the type of follower that Jesus wants us to be? So far in this book of James, he's taught us to persevere through troubles and to resist temptation and to make sure that we're more than just hearers, but we're doers. And then here at the end of James chapter 2, he goes on and gives us a serious evaluation of our faith. What type of faith do you have? Check out James chapter 2 and verse 14. He says, what good is it, my brothers? What good is it if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Someone says they have faith, but they don't have works. Can that type of faith save a person? What, what good is a person that says they have faith, but their actions don't show it? Is that type of faith that's not strong enough to change you a faith that is strong enough to save you? Is that type of faith that's not strong enough to change you a faith that is strong enough to save you? James, jumping back into this question, am I a doer or am I just a hearer? Because your faith is worthless if it doesn't affect your actions. We said it this way a couple weeks ago, that you're lying to yourself if you call yourself a Christian, but you don't actively attempt to be like Christ. In fact, this verse goes on and asks this huge question about this type of a workless faith. Can that faith 
save him. You can have the most amazing salvation story you want. You can have the date of your salvation written in the front of your Bible, the date of your baptism, but the real proof of your salvation and a relationship with Christ is not in the past, it's in the present. It's not just what he did a long time ago and how you, uh, you know, prayed this certain prayer. The proof, the evidence of your salvation is in your life right now. What is your commitment to Christ pushing you to do on a daily basis? What actions are you taking because you are a follower of Christ? Because honestly, how much is a salvation that doesn't change you worth? If you're not prompted to good works by the Holy Spirit, you need to check if you have the Holy Spirit. What we're doing here is we're looking at our faith and wondering to ourselves, is it just belief or is it actually faith? Because faith is different. And none of us are perfect. All of us fail. That salvation isn't just about what God did in our lives. It's what he's doing in our lives right now. Because this type of faith changes you. Verse 15 goes on. And he shows us an example of what he would mean by that when he said, can that faith save him? Someone that says they have faith but does not have works. Well, what does that look like, James? Verse 15 says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and be filled without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? Here it's telling us that our faith should push us to use our resources to help when we can. When we call ourselves Christians, but we don't show it with our works, it says our faith is dead. This next verse is going to tell us that, that faith without works is dead, rotten, stinking, decaying. What more is there to say? A faith without works isn't a saving faith. Now, faith comes first, and we don't work our way to heaven, but works are an evidence of genuine faith. And genuine faith is alive, not dead. Verse 17 says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Those are strong words, right? It doesn't matter what you say you believe or what name you put in front of this description of yourself. If it doesn't affect how you act, it's dead. Francis Chan uses the illustration of bringing home a puppy for his kids and it's all wrapped in a box and he places it on the table and the kids open it up and they're so excited to get a puppy and they look inside the box and it's dead. That's pretty sick, right? It's, it's, it's gross to even think about. But what worth is something that's dead? Dead faith is repulsive and disgusting as well. Because faith that is alive works. Once again, these verses aren't comparing whether you should work your way to heaven or whether it's just faith. What it's doing, it's comparing genuine faith and false faith. Someone that just believes and someone that acts on belief. Verse 18, but someone will say, 
I love that, right? Someone always has something to say, right? Well, someone will say, well, you have faith and I have works. And he goes on and says, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. A person will say, well, well, that's your faith. You're a doer, but my faith, I'm more private with my faith. I'm more internal. It's more just personal between me and God. And James is basically saying here, he says, fine, talk about how big your faith is all day and how much you know about Scripture, but I'm going to show you my faith by my works. And he says, don't believe me, just watch. People should look at our lives and say, I don't understand how they're able to do that. Not, not because we want praise or not because we want credit, but because the Holy Spirit is working through us and we're living a life that is glorifying and honoring God. They should look at our lives and say, they don't have the strength to do that on their own. I don't understand how they're able to do that. See, faith and works go hand in hand. What you do shows what you believe. Works are evidence of your faith. Now, works without faith is also dead. Faith comes first. Faith that the cross is enough. Verse 19 says, you believe that God is one. You do well. (laughs) I like this. Even the demons believe and shudder. This is an interesting verse here, right? Because... And you might not know this just, be, you know, through reading these verses, but devout Jews at this time would every morning uh, recite Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, every single morning. And what that verse said was, the Lord our God is one. They wake up in the morning and they would say, the Lord our God is one. And then before they go to bed at night, they'd say, the Lord our God is one. And they would take great pride in this belief. He says here, though, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. He just blows that thought up. He's saying, big deal. The demons in hell believe that there is only one God, and they're also scared to death of God. They shudder. And you can tell everyone in the world about what you believe, but even the demons have good theology. They don't have the evidence by following through on those beliefs. See, I can, here's the difference. I can believe a chair will hold me up, but I have to have faith to sit in it. Faith is acting on belief. You say you believe and fear God, but if that's where you leave it, your faith is on the same level as demons, right? But what sets us apart from demons is the kind of faith that moves our actions, that changes our lives, not living in rebellion, submitting to God, loving God, and loving our neighbor. You know, these verses kind of scare us, right, as as good Baptists, because we for sure believe what the Bible says, that salvation is by grace, through faith, not of works. But then we get scared when the Bible says and tells us here That just because we're not saved by works doesn't just mean that we don't need works and that works aren't important. Works are evidence of our faith. He goes on and gives us some examples. 
In James chapter 2, verse 20, and these examples would have really played to this Jewish audience. He says, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Sometimes I wish I could talk like, like these guys in the, in the New Testament. Don't you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son? Isaac on the altar. Let's check this out. Verse 22, it says, You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed, and it was counted to him as righteous. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? James is saying, hey, look, you want a couple of examples, right? Abraham, the father of nations, the father of the the nation of Israel, showed his faith by his work. He followed God even when he was scared. And he offered up his son as evidence of his faith. He passed the test. Now, God didn't want his son as a sacrifice. He wanted his heart and he had to act this faith out. But the actions didn't save him. In fact, before that test with Isaac, God had already told him that he was righteous. And that's the Old Testament, uh, uh, you know, terminology for being saved. God already credited him with righteousness, but it was fulfilled. The works fulfilled that righteousness. What does that mean? It, it, it was the next logical step of his salvation was acting it out. Rahab, a, a prostitute, believed in God's will and showed it by putting her life on the line. And she protected some messengers. How extreme is these two examples, right? The, the, the father of a God-fearing nation and a prostitute. But God is emphasizing through James, that it's not just pastors, it's not just whoever the worst sinner you can think of is, but every single one of us need to examine ourselves and examine whether our faith is genuine. To see if our faith is producing works. They're called the fruits of the Spirit. Our faith is not alone. Works our evidence of our faith works are the next logical step after faith. Because faith that doesn't produce works is dead. One of my favorite quotes from The Office is a lady had lost a cat. Her name was Sprinkles. And she asked, uh, you know, she was distraught and she was upset that this cat, Sprinkles, had died. And she asks, well, how did he look? And the person that found him said he, he, he was dead. As dead as any dead thing that's ever died. And some of us need to take a look at our faith today to see if it's dead. As any, any, as any dead thing that's ever died. Verse 26 says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also, also faith apart from works is dead. You can have a perfectly good body, but if there's no life in it, if there's no spirit in it, there's a problem, right? The spirit animates the body. 
and works animate our flesh. We bring it to our faith. We bring it to life. Works animate our faith. So today we need to check our spiritual vitals. Hey, look, we, we, we don't like to think in these terms that James is talking about this morning. We, don't, we look around us and see people that are labeled as Christians, that say they're Christians, but we don't see any evidence of their faith, and we don't want to be judgmental, right? We shouldn't. Look, we should look at ourselves chiefly. But this is a problem with the church in America today because we can very easily call ourselves a Christian and never show it in any way, never be challenged, never show any fruit, and nobody questions it. And we could do things that are completely opposite of what a Christian would do. And it's not a big deal. But James is raising the bar here saying, look, work, uh, a faith without works is dead. Today we need to check our vitals. Is our faith alive? Is our faith producing something? Is something coming? Is there actions coming out of our faith? Is it even real? If you want a good test of whether you're a hearer or a doer, just a hearer or a doer, and you can look and look at your life and remember, when was the last time the Bible changed me? What is something that I've done because I was motivated by Scripture? When was the last time you added something to your life because God spoke to you through a sermon from his word? When was the last time you acted on your faith? Are you owning your faith? See, the Christian life is like walking the wrong way up an escalator. You remember trying that maybe when you were a kid, maybe it was at the mall. You run up the wrong way. That's just like what the Christian life is. Because you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. You cannot stand still. You're either going forward with your faith or you're going backwards with your faith. And once again, these verses in James are not arguing for faith or works. Which one is better? These verses are contrasting genuine faith, which is, produces works, and false faith that is dead. And he's asking this question, how much is a salvation that doesn't change you worth? Works don't save us, but works are the evidence that our faith is alive. Pre-salvation works don't save us. It had nothing to do with your goodness that whether or not Jesus accepted you as a child. It has everything to do with the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ. But post-salvation works prove that our faith is alive. We're lying to ourselves. If we call ourselves Christians, but we don't actively attempt to be like Christ. Rick Warren said it this way, the Bible wasn't meant just to inform you. The Bible was meant to transform you. The bottom line is this, is that our faith is dead without actions. Can you trust a faith that doesn't change you? Verse 14, what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man says he hath faith 
and has not works, can that faith save him? Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. These are some difficult verses of Scripture. They make us look at ourselves and look at our hearts. It's good for us not to take things for granted. The point today is not to you know, make you doubt your salvation or something like that. The point today is for you to look at your life and say, where am I? What's going on? Is there something that's broken? Is there a problem? And maybe that problem is that you put your faith in something that wasn't the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you did that, there is no way that you can produce works and, and, and spiritual fruit that's bigger than just your own effort. Let's ask God right now to inspect our hearts. Let's look at our lives and ask, is our faith dead or is our faith alive? Dear Jesus, we love you, God, I pray. As we... Walk this tightrope of faith and works. They'd help us to understand and use your Holy Spirit to push this into our heart. God, we thank you for the grace of Jesus Christ and the, and the mercy that was shown on the cross. Thank you that we couldn't earn it, that we don't deserve it. God, but I pray you help us to be people that after our salvation, we live to glorify you with our lives and we show that with our actions. God, push us to be lights in this world. Not to hide, like that old song says, not to hide it under a bushel. Gotta pray for anyone this morning, Lord, that, that is not sure that they know you as their savior, that they would call out to you right now and realize their need for a savior, realize that they're a sinner and cannot work their way to heaven. They put their faith in you and you alone. It's the only means of salvation, what you did on the cross. God, I pray they call out to you right now and ask you to save them. For those of us that are Christians, God, I pray you help us to investigate and search our hearts there's no evidence right now or there's no proof right now that we are followers of Jesus. First, to ask ourselves why. Maybe it's because we've neglected you. Maybe it's because we've said no to your Holy Spirit over and over and over again. And we're far away from you. Help us to run to you today. God, we love you. As we continue to worship you, I pray you will be glorified and honored in all we do. In your name we pray.